Hello, I'm Sinead. And I'm Brian. Each week we introduce each other to a film that we love. If the other's not equally enamoured, it could mean the end of our 22-year relationship. Warning, there will be spoilers, swearing and undoubtedly arguments. This is Reasons to Dump You. Hello everyone, welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of Reasons to Dump You. Exciting. It's raining cats and dogs. Hallelujah. What is that? Where does that come from? Um, it comes from the region of southeast Persia, um, which is where Persian cats come from. <laughs> way, way back in the 12th century, a ship just off the coast of Persia was blown up by the Ottoman Empire, mm-hmm. but it was completely filled with cats uh-huh. and dogs, right. which then showered down on the enemy troops, Amazing. and hence the phrase, um, raining cats and dogs. Amazing. The sort of stuff you learn on this podcast. It's incredible. We're not just here to talk crap about films. No, it's like sitting with Lucy Worsley or someone. It's, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> One of your favourites, old Lucy Worsley. Love her. Um, my choice this week, Brian. Go on. I've got a lovely little film for us to watch. Go on. I have got three brilliant clues to share oh, with you. I thought you were going to give away the title. <laughs> it's cool. I nearly gave it away before we started recording, to be honest with you. I was about to read it out loud from oh, my... Fool. <laughs> fool. Um, Go on then, what I'm are your three clues? Confused. Right, clue number one. Yeah. This film is directed by Martin McDonough, who has just released The Banshees of Inner Sharon. Ooh. Which, okay. we, which we saw and thoroughly enjoyed. Okay, I'm going to go with... The Guard. Incorrect. Okay. Clue number two. Go on. This film won two Oscars out of seven nominations. Is it Calvary? Cal- Calvary. Incorrect. Oh. But well done on naming two Martin McDonough films. I know, yeah. I know, I know. This film took a worldwide box office of $160.2 million. Porkies. <laughs> the Revenge. <laughs> That's the one. Nailed it. Get Boom. your head. You're still stuck in uh, last episode's sausage party. Oh, God, head there, yeah, apparently so, yeah. <laughs> we, Not somewhere I want to go again. Do, so you, do you want one more guess before I tell you? Oh, uh, no, honestly, I don't know. I, they were the only two films apart from The Banshees that I know of his, so. We are going to watch, yep. you do know this film. Go on. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, nice. I know. That I, is a good choice. I thought I'd take us fairly recent. Yeah. And a little bit up. Upper, upper class. Yeah. Appreciate the dentistry reference too, which I'm not, you know, <laughs> going to go into on this podcast, but cheers, you know. <laughs> Thanks. Well, now that's got everyone intrigued. <laughs> Just. We all need to keep our teeth sparkly and yeah. Needless after. to say, some of us didn't our entire lives and now this is going to be a harrowing <laughs> experience. But we'll go with it. It's fine. Cool. Looking forward to that. Let's go watch three billboards. Yep. And if you can survive the dentist scene. Yep. We'll be back. All good. All right, nice one. I will see you in about four or five seconds. <laughs> ciao for now. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> well, I feel like I've been on an emotional roller coaster. Yes, to say I'm a little flat now with the, uh, the understatement of the week. I just feel like I could burst into tears. Yeah. I can see that. So, I can see that. It's a, it's a little bit of a hard choice, that, Sinead. Should we, should we try and hold it together and have a chat about it? I'm used to Karate Kid and Sausage Party and, like, I don't know, Terminator. This and is a definite, definite change of pace from Sausage wow. Party. Oh, wow, is it? Listen, number one, no let's sausages. just put it out there. Oh, no sausages in this yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plenty of other stuff, but no sausages. This is a stunning piece of filmmaking. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. 
it absolutely hooks you in from the beginning, yeah. takes you on this journey, yeah. character development, yeah. emotions, humour. Yeah. But I feel like I wasn't mentally prepared no. this morning to watch this film no, because now I feel like it's absolutely wrecked me. But in a in a positive way as well, yeah. even though it's a bleak story. I mean, I'm not feeling the positivity so much. I'll be honest. If you've been recently, if you've recently lost someone, been it, recently bereaved, this is hard, yeah, don't do it. Yeah, just don't do it. I would say, yeah, as a meditation on grief, you need to be at a certain point to be able to sit down and watch this film. Yeah, otherwise, it is going to tear you to pieces. Yeah, um, let's try and have a little chat about it. <laughs> let's do that without crum- losing all our listeners, crumbling, <laughs> crumbling into a, a sloppy mess. Um, shall I start with the synopsis? Please do. Let's hear. I mean, it. hopefully everyone's watched this film if they're feeling strong enough. Yeah. But but if not, we'll yeah, go yeah. a little synopsis to get us going. After months have passed without a culprit in her daughter's murder case, Mildred Hayes makes a bold move, painting three signs leading into her town with a controversial message directed at William Willoughby, the town's revered chief of police. When his second-in-command, Officer Dixon, an immature mother's boy with a penchant for violence, gets involved, the battle is only exacerbated. That pretty much sums it up. I mean, I think, yeah. obviously, with this particular director, uh, Martin McDonough, I think that's Martin McDonough, yeah. Yeah. He works on a lot of different, deeper levels than the one you see. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of watch this film on a surface level. Yeah. And then start to unpick all the threads and the themes underneath yeah. it. And I agree with you. We recently saw The Banshees of Inisherin. We did. Oh, my God. If you've not seen that, go yeah, get yourself it. to the cinema and watch that yeah. film. Yeah. That works on so, so many different levels. You can, you know, you can kind of enjoy it on the yeah. on the sort of the top surface of the, the friendship. And then it brings on in all those different themes. But that's a different podcast episode. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I wasn't talking about that. Well, you I really, started talking about I that. I really loved that film. So oh, I, I could too. go off on a tangent. But I'm, that's not what I'm here to chat about. But this is on the same lines. I mean, yeah, this film ultimately, I mean, let's just start with the obvious things. Francis McDermott. Woody McDormand. Harold, sorry, McDormand. But you're getting there with your names. You're I getting am, a little am, bit better. I'm getting better. So Frankie McDormand. <laughs> Frankie Muniz. No, no, no. Francis McDormand. Yes, I know that. Woody Harrelson. Sam Peckinpah. No, you oh. know that's not right. Who's that? Oh, that was deliberately to wind me up. No. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. <laughs> I don't bloody know. It's not that important. Cool. Now I'm. So I'm going to come at one of the themes in this that I deal with on a daily basis these days. Um. My God, the performances are phenomenal. Stunning. Absolutely phenomenal. I would say everybody in this film, bar Woody Harrelson's wife, is brilliant. Okay. Um, what is your problem with Woody Harrelson's wife? I just thought she was a bit shit. <gasps> no, but like... No, she I didn't, wasn't. Oh, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy her as a character. I didn't like her. I didn't... She seemed like a drunk South African or something. I didn't know where she was from. She's Australian. She She's I didn't Australian. like her. I didn't like her emotional bit where she gives her the envelope. I just didn't like her. That's not to say that other people didn't like her, Sinead. That's not to start scribbling. I, I mean, I'm writing down. I'm me. writing this down because I would like you to to just give me two reasons why you didn't think she turned in a good performance. Uh, because I didn't buy it emotionally. 
I didn't buy her performance emotionally. I didn't like her laying on the sofa with her headache going, you got a great cat, Mr. Rockwell, or whatever it is. Whatever his name was, Willoughby. <laughs> Willoughby. Um, but I didn't. I just didn't buy her there. I didn't buy her emotion when she handed the envelope over. I just didn't buy it. It was a bit hammy for me. It, it felt acted. Okay. And the reason it felt acted, probably in any other film, it would have been brilliant. But in that film, she was up against one of the best actresses that has graced the silver screen. Agreed. Um, she's up against Woody Harrelson, who seems to be able to turn his hand fucking anything. Listen. Sam Rockwell put in a hell of a performance. I, I don't disagree with you. And as far as Woody Harrelson goes, I mean, that man is amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, we kind of all think of him as... Um, Woody and Cheers, yeah, yeah, yeah. which obviously, you know, well, he is and he'll be forever, of our age forever group, remembered as. But this guy can turn it out yeah. like unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I think you're being really unfair. I think you're being okay. really unfair. Well, I'm allowed to be. But <laughs> the fact it remains, despite, you know, the, the fact all these performances are brilliant. I think having watched it this time, mm-hmm. this film is really more about anger yeah. And grief. Uh, exactly. That's, and it is about the events within the film. Yes, that's what I kind of wanted to to start by saying. Basically, mm. this film is an exploration of grief, love, hate, yeah. and what hate does to you. What love and hate can do to you. Yeah. And how it can completely take over your life, take over your emotions, your being, your actions. Yeah. And how we are kind of destroyed by it. Yeah. And that sounds incredibly bleak, but if you kind of go through it and you watch the film and you accept that that's a truth, which it is, the reason I'm saying that there's positivity to be taken is because then there's the flip side of that. Everything has an opposite. So the opposite of that is is love and moving through a grieving process and coming out the other side and feeling joyful. Now, albeit we don't get to that point in this film. Yeah, we never do. The the end, I feel, well, we won't skip to the end just yet, but for me, I was left on a hopeful note at the end. Maybe. I think this film, though, sums up... The thing that gets to me with this film is it's the retribution part. So retribution is such a wasted thing. Like through grief, through anger, through hate, you yeah. want retribution. Yeah. So right? in this case, Mildred wants retribution for her daughter's rape and murder. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Sam Rockwell's character wants retribution for the death of his friend. Yeah. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Of- Officer Dixon. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everybody wants retribution. The guy who's putting up the billboard wants retribution against Sam Rockwell's character, Officer Dixon. Um, you know, everybody is kind of caught up in this spiral of a little bit of retribution. Yeah, this kind else. of vengeful kind of, this is going to make me feel yeah, better. Even and the dentist wants retribution this for, dentist, for what's man. happening. So I think this is a commentary on, the fact is that that retribution, that that belief that you are right, yeah. and that everybody else is wrong and you've been wronged, let me put it that way, yeah. leads you to do the things that you believe have wronged you. So in this yes. film... Through anger, retribution, yeah. this desire to be- to become whole, to to get even. Yeah, you know, you end up accusing the wrong people. Yeah, you end up ignoring the people who love you around you. Yeah, I mean, you know, Francis McDermott's character, McDormand, McDormand's <laughs> character, completely ignores her son, ignores the the pain of 
the grief and becomes so hard yeah. that, that actually she doesn't really care. I mean, even though she does deep down, I know before you jump in, I can see urging the microphone to jump in over the top. But, you know, she she's her son is having a horrendous yeah, time. Yeah, you know, I completely agree with you. Yeah. And she can't see that and she won't see that. I, th- I think she can see that, but I think she can't deal with that. I, th- I think... Yeah, but he's the one who's alive. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, okay. I'm, and you're going to be, like, getting angry with me now because you're going to think that I'm justifying her behaviour. And what I'm trying to say is, yes, I agree with you. Her son is alive. Her son is in pain. Her son has to deal with his grief as well. It was his sister that was yeah. that was killed. So putting up on a billboard doesn't help. I, well, I 100% agree with you. Don't okay. get shirty with me, mate. Well, I'm not, but I'm going to get on with the rest of my point. You've <laughs> leapt in early. I'm. It's called a conversation. Well, it is if you let the one person finish. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish. I would just say that I think... She is so wrapped up in her own grief, she cannot help him with his. Yeah. And she is making it worse for him and through her actions, but she cannot stop herself. Please continue. Okay, which is what I'm saying. Well, how marvellous. We're agreeing. <laughs> Wonderful. What a weird way to agree. People who are listening must think, what a really well-balanced couple. Yeah, exactly. Um you know, and it becomes all consuming. So in the end, things like, so Officer Dix and Sam Rockwell, I mean, people will forgive. When you're dealing with retribution, people will forgive anything to get what they want. People will forgive anything yeah. to get what they want. Okay. So like in this film, Sam Rockwell's character, yes. Officer Dixon, has tortured oh, yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, he knows. He's, he's has committed grievous person. bodily harm throwing that guy out of the window and, and beating the crap out of him. The advertising guy, yeah, Red, yeah. he chucks him out the window. You know, yeah. has thought about ways he can actively... He arrested an innocent woman yeah. to get to somewhere. Oh, else yeah, no, he no, he's, he's awful. So he's doing everything that he doesn't want in society because ultimately the beautiful thing that the Martin Donner, Donner does is this black and white of human emotion. Yeah. You know, one thing is the other thing as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't have one without the other. But even... The Frances McDormand character, which I can't remember her name. Her name? Yeah. Mildred Hayes. Mildred, in it. Like, she's committed arson. Yeah. You know, she has done grievous bodily harm to a dentist and attacked a dentist. Well, did he not deserve it? Because I did not trust what that dentist was going to do to Neither did I. But, like, <laughs> Well, she had wow. to get out of that chair she somehow. just his hand away from him. <laughs> get just... out of the chair. You don't have to stick the drill through his fingernail. She had to get out of that chair somehow, Brian. And if you were pinned down like that, I'm not sure... How you'd react? She's committing mental abuse on a daily basis of everyone around her, mm-hmm. you know. And what I don't understand is like, especially with the arson attack and the way she fucks up Dixon's character. Yeah. Um, it's like, well, that's okay because she's trying to have retribution for that. So everybody's forgiving each other. The characters I'm talking about, not the yeah. film. Yeah. Everybody's forgiving each other for yeah. these horrendous acts. Yeah. Because as far as they're concerned, they have one bigger act to deal with. And I find that the hypocrisy of society that is really well shown in this film. The fact that, you know, you have effectively nearly murdered someone. You have deformed them for life through fire. It's the exact thing that happened to your daughter. You know, fire was used. And not to that extent. I mean, obviously, it was more horrendous to the daughter's of that character but you've done that yourself you've yeah. actually turned into the monster yeah. through your own grief 
But everyone's prepared to forgive it because there's the bigger grief. Yeah. It's a very strange thing. Yeah. I'm not making any sense. No, you are. You are, actually. You're making complete sense. Mm. And I think that's, that's kind of the complexity of life, isn't it? Yeah. The fact that, yeah, like you say, you can you can turn into the monster that you hate. And that's terrifying. Yeah. And it's up to us. It's it's kind of shining a light on that. And that that brings, you know, that again brings me back to the whole reason why I think this is actually quite a positive film. Yeah. The fact that we do that to ourselves. Yeah. So yeah. it is up to us. I mean, that can be very bleak because I know sometimes it's hard to believe that there are good people out there and, and But ultimately all these characters are good. Well, not all of them. Okay. Not all of them. No. But like ultimately the main characters yeah, yeah. are good. So, you know, even the guy who's putting up the billboard. Yeah. So he's obviously, I don't know whether he was the guy that was tortured by Sam Rockwell's character. Oh, I don't think but so. Anyway, no, you know, no. a black guy in the community that yeah, has obviously is, been on the receiving the end billboard. of his racism yeah. actually steps in in the pub and goes, leave him, man. Yeah. You know, ultimately, when Woody Harrelson's character is talking to France and he coughs blood on her. Yes. And she just gets up and. I was like, it's all right, it's all right, sweetheart. Like, ultimately, people have a good level. Well, see, I think, the main I think that is what this film does brilliantly. The script is so well written. Oh yeah, and so brilliantly plotted. It flows naturally. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use like a Strictly Come Dancing analogy here. Oh god, you know on I knew Strictly. It was coming. Well, yeah. you know, we've been watching a lot of Strictly over these last few weeks. Yeah, you know on Strictly when they say, "I'm gonna give you a 10 because." The dance felt completely natural. It didn't look choreographed. It just flowed in a way that it felt like you were making it up as you went along. Yes. And for me, that's what this film does. That's what this script does. Agreed. And that's why I didn't like the performance. Because the one person who stood out to me, the wife of Woody Harrelson, who felt like they were acting. Everybody else, I was just watching from a corner of a room, everybody else just living their lives. That to me is good acting. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm watching a program or a film or something, and it just feels like I'm spying He's on. He's a peeping Tom. He's a peeping Tom. Um, that's a good film. As soon as I feel like, oh yeah, good performance, but it's a performance. Okay, so she took you out of the story world. Story yeah. world. Okay. Yeah, I mean, did. I disagree with you, but it, at least that's yeah a succinct way of explaining it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so with the plot and with the script, yeah. We begin in the middle of the story, like the actual inciting incident has already happened off screen. So the murder, yes. the murder of Mildred's daughter has happened seven months prior. We never see it. And it's all the more stronger for that because. Okay. Okay. Bear with me. Bear yeah, with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So we open with this um, kind of operatic music and this misty, um, swirling kind of nature road. Yeah. And the billboards, the old billboards that are all kind of out of use and, and kind of derelict. Yeah. And we then slowly progress to understanding what's actually happening here. Yeah. And rather than kind of being told, we're, we're just shown through each small little scene. So we see Mildred going past the billboards, then renting them out. Then we get to read the billboards kind of back to front yeah, yeah, when yeah. Dixon's character kind of finds them. And I just think it kind of brilliantly drops you in the middle of a story and Frances McDormand's character is strong, is powerful, is vengeful. 
Yeah. And then throughout the story, you get like these little nuances of why she is like this and actually, you know, her heart and her soul and her grief beneath. So the reason I'm saying this now is because you just reminded me when um, Chief Willoughby is interviewing her after she's drilled through the dentist's thumb. Yeah. He coughs blood on her accidentally because obviously he's basically got cancer. Cancer. Yeah. Um, and she says, it's okay, baby. And just that one little moment, that one little word of softness completely flips your initial, perhaps, opinion of her. Yeah. And I just think it's incredible and incredibly clever. And it's just through one tiny little scene. Yeah. That, that you then begin to crack through the characters and they unveil themselves as the story kind of travels along. Oh, I completely agree with that. And I think there's a later scene. I want to come back to what you said about the start of the story, but there's a later scene yeah. where the priest comes around to say that the local Christian community are complaining. This is brilliant, yeah. And the whole culpability argument. Yeah, so the priest comes in to say beautiful. people are against these billboards. Yeah. Yeah. And she has the whole culpability argument, which you need to watch because I won't do it any justice at all. But basically talks about, you know, how everyone who does nothing is culpable of crime. Yeah, she uses the example of the Crips and the Bloods gangs, doesn't she, she, in the city? Yeah, and then says that, well, if you're a priest and you've sat around, regardless whether you were involved in the abuse of children or people by other priests, you are, by that rationale, the same as the law has defined, Mm -hmm. culpable. Yeah. And I think that's an argument for society. I don't think it's just an argument for the church. Mm-hmm. I think it's an argument for society. You know, we all sit passively going, well, it is terrible what our government do. Yeah. But we do nothing yeah. about it. Yeah. So we're all culpable yeah. for the events of the past. Um, and I think, yes, it had those moments with all the characters of that kind of, if you don't do something, if you don't take action, exactly, then... Basically, nothing changes. And I think that is the point of the whole film. Mm -hmm. If you don't take action, nothing changes. So you said we dropped in after the inciting incident. Mm. I would disagree. Mm -hmm. I think in terms of the bigger story, we drop in later on. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, in terms of, yeah. But the inciting incident is the second she decides to take action. Yeah. The second she walks into that advertising office. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I want these billboards. And that leads to all the events where everything unfolds. And then at the end, as you say, there is that potential for, well, because they say they're going to think about whether they're going to kill this rapist guy on the way. They probably won't go through with it Mm. because they're giving themselves time and space, which is what Woody says to to Sam's character all the way through. Exactly. But I think the beginning part is the second you take some action, you will cause reactions, some good, some bad, but that will lead to... A resolution. Absolutely. Whereas if all you do is sit in your own grief or your own anger or your own inertia, Mm -hmm. nothing changes. I completely agree with you. And, you know, when I when I kind of talk about like, oh, it it, it takes us to, um, you know, after the after the inciting incident. What I mean by that is Martin McDonough chooses to tell the story in that way. And I think a lot of other filmmakers wouldn't have done that. And I think they would perhaps have started by giving us, by actually showing us the backstory. And I actually think this film is much stronger by not doing that, by starting the story at the point at which it starts it. Well, he does exactly the same with the Banshees. Yeah. You know, it starts after the problem's already occurred. Yeah. And I won't say any more because it's still in the cinema <laughs> and I want to everyone go. to go and spend their money at the cinema. <laughs> yeah. 
so the poor guy stands a chance of making <laughs> another film. But like, I think for me, that is the genius of it. Yeah. Like, actually, the bigger picture, the bigger story is what he's telling, but it's not important to that smaller story, yeah. which is the microcosm of it. Wow, I am <laughs> You are on fire. I'm flying. Um, but what you say about um, Francis McDormand taking action yes. is completely right. And, and the initial action that she takes yeah. is not bad. So the initial action that she takes by putting up the billboards Agreed. is actually incredibly empowering, incredibly strong, incredibly... Um, what word am I looking for? Um, intelligent. Yes. Um, and, <laughs> ironic that I couldn't yeah. think of that word. Um, but it's going and it, to... And it gets her some media coverage and it ruffles feathers. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. Um, it's, it's where she kind of goes after that that, that takes her kind of off track, doesn't it? And t- and takes her further into her grief and further into doing things that actually are unacceptable. A hundred percent. But her initial her initial kind of way of dealing with it and putting these billboards up is actually, you know, kind of understandable. And we're immediately on board with her. And then as we understand more about her and we can kind of relate to her and become involved with her as a character then she goes further off the rails but by which point you're already kind of behind her so you're willing to accept her doing these terrible things yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean yes yes no you see you see well, no, no I'm not bro. I'm not willing to accept the terrible things well you know what but I mean what I'm saying is the... I think a lot of it comes from the original intention is good the original intention is meant to be a wake-up call to get people to refocus on the case yeah right Brilliant intention. There's no harm in it. No one's been defamatory. You know, like she said, she put up a particular person's name because if you don't blame a thing, a person, an entity, especially in, in life, right? If you if you just say, well, that's the way the government are, yeah. that's one thing. But when you get to say, well, that's bloody Liz Truss, yeah. then all of a sudden it becomes personalised. Yeah. And also, don't forget, governments will happily ride on that because mm. then you don't blame the party, you blame the person, mm. which is incorrect. But anyway, don't get me started on that. I know. Back back on track. The point is, though, I think also this is one of the major benefits and one of the major um, amazing side subplots of this story is Mm. the power of words. Yeah. Everything starts with the intention of those original billboards is good. Mm. But it's the power of words and how they're interpreted. Mm. And everything along the way is interpreted in a certain way that is misinterpreted. And then later on, it's the dead man who's kind of... Now he's gone. He has Chief the wisdom Willoughby. to write yeah. the words that help reinterpret everything it, it, that's happening. Exactly. So one of the things I wrote down was Chief Willoughby ties this whole film together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even after he's taken his own life because he has incurable cancer, he is still you know kind of the puppet master of the that 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 that's not quite the right word um you know in a good way he is becomes kind of the conscience that's a much better word conscience kind of, of yeah. the whole film and because of these letters he leaves um people begin to slowly break through this hate that they have yeah um and start to move towards a better place and yeah. that's that's for me why i believe yeah. Um, Dixon and Mildred driving off at the end to 
apparently kill this um, man that they believe is a rapist in Idaho. Yeah. Um, that's why I believe they won't do that. Yeah. And why I believe that they are about to just set off on their journey together of grief and breaking through hate and learning to embrace a different way of moving forward and living with life, even though these awful things have happened to them. A hundred percent. And I, I, yeah, I think it's all part of it as well. It's the same with in grief. You know, if you feel completely helpless when you're grieving because somebody died, to have a purpose. Yeah. People become yeah. completely absorbed in a purpose. Yeah. It's not always a negative purpose. Sometimes it's very positive. But it's like when people lose children, they set up charities and stuff. And it's a beautiful side effect. But, you know, people become so wrapped up in the purpose. Mm. It's like they need something to prove that life was worthwhile. Yeah, but you do. You do, don't you? When when 100%. you lose somebody, you need to make sense of it. 100%. And ultimately, there, there isn't really any making sense of it. No. So you have to figure out your own way of coping and your own way kind of of moving through. Yeah. And I think what I jotted down here was... Um, in the letter that Willoughby writes to Dixon, um, he talks about calm and thought. Yeah. That's what solves things. Yes. Hate solves nothing. And ultimately, you know, th- this is really the crux of, of, of the whole what the whole story hangs on, isn't it? Yes. The fact that actually, you know, being calm and being thoughtful, that's what solves things. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, going around in a great big storm of hate, all it does is create more hate because ultimately that's what happens, you know, from... From one act, everything escalates, 100%. everything builds. I mean, Dixon needs some serious help. I mean, yeah, yeah, he yeah. throws Red out the yeah. out the window. And that beautiful scene when Dixon has been burnt in the fire station and he yeah. gets taken to the presumably local hospital, right? Yeah. So why these doctors and nurses I are putting know. him in the same room as as the man that he's beaten and thrown from the window? I know, but it would have been hard to do that scene if he'd have been in a different room. <laughs> I know, but please. Um, and you get that beautiful scene of he starts to cry, he apologises. Yeah. And quite rightly, Red says, shut up, stop, like stop crying, shut up. Yeah. But Red brings him over the orange juice and the straw yeah. as an act of kindness and tenderness and leaves it there for him yeah i mean that speaks volumes doesn't it i just thought that was beautiful no i agree i i completely agree i think it's all a sort of and it's not a phrase i really want to use but it's a corner of a law of attraction type of thing Mm -hmm. you know like you say and they even say like hate begets hate or anger begets anger or whatever it is yes that was a some of the humor i want to talk about after, after that yeah but it was really clever because it's true you know and i don't you know, things get on emotion. You yeah, know yeah, yourself yeah. in life. You're trying to achieve something, but once you can get one ball mo- moving, everything else starts to move as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because totally. there is an action for the world or universe or whatever you want to call it, religion, whatever you believe in, to react to. Mm. If you sit on your ass in front of the telly, there's nothing for the world to react to. Mm. So you can't really bemoan things. Um, but yeah, that. that that that's an aside the one thing i would say very very quickly before we move on if anything regarding like grief or anger or anything is actually i know it's all very serious but affecting anyone who's listening Mm. do speak to someone don't listen to us for your answers (laughs) go and speak to someone serious because we've all been through it and it is horrible so just make sure you reach out and sort of speak to someone appropriate there's loads of help out there yeah and even if it's it really only speaking is. to a friend that can help absolutely well. yeah it can just be a, a good friend or a, or a relative or something but don't keep it all to yourself because it will eat you from the yeah, inside i completely agree shall we do a quick nerd alert 
Nerd alert! Is this my time to shine? Polish my badge? Some nerd alert facts for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. This film had two Oscar wins at the 90th Oscars ceremony. One was for Frances McDormand in the Best Actress category, and she beat out Sally Hawkins um, in The Shape of Water and Margot Robbie in I, Tonya. The second Oscar win was for Sam Rockwell as Best Actor in a Supporting Role, and he beat out Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project and Three Billboards' very own Woody Harrelson. Unfortunately, the film was beaten to the Best Oscar Picture by The Shape of Water. The screenplay, written by Martin McDonagh, was written with both Frances McDormand and Sam Rockwell in mind. There is no ebbing, so this was actually filmed in Silver, North Carolina. When talking about her inspiration for playing the role of Mildred, Frances McDormand said she thought about John Wayne and she was fashioning the character more in the tradition of the Spaghetti Western's mystery man. The composer for the film, Carter Benedict Burwell, has worked on all Martin McDonagh's film and also consistently worked with the Coen brothers. There are numerous nods in the film to the other film called Don't Look Now, which also dealt with grief. So things like the colour red, the fact that Dixon's mother's actually watching Don't Look Now and at home, the useless priest and the hopeless cops are all similarities between both films. The story was inspired by real-life billboards that Martin McDonagh saw when he was travelling around America um, about a young woman who was killed back in 1991 called Catherine Page. And apparently, white rabbits feature in all of McDonagh's films. And in this film, it's in the gift shop when the man comes in to taunt Francis McDormand and he throws the white rabbit across the room. Oh, wow. <laughs> They're cool. Um I, by the way, I was going to say to you about this film, it had a very Coen Brothers feel to it. I was going to say, like, the Coen Brothers could have done this. And then I thought, well, is that just because Francis is in it? <laughs> Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, but no, if it's got, like, similar music and it's a very similar feel. Yeah. In terms of the story's part of a much bigger whole. I think also it's, it's that small town, small town yeah, yeah. portrayal small as well. Town, which is huge story. Which is very kind much of kind of Coen, Coen Brothers, isn't it? Apparently, Frances McDormand initially was quite reticent to take this role because she felt she was too old. Oh, right. Um, for, for a woman like that, she felt wouldn't have been that old to have had that age children. Right. Okay. Um, and then eventually her husband was like, for God's sake, just go and do it. Oh, yeah. And I bet. Crack on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she's. Absolutely perfect. I didn't. For, I didn't for once like think. Well, she got an Oscar for it. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's all right. Good choice. Good choice. But what I want was going to say. Yeah. Before we got all serious there. Yeah. The, the black. Yeah. The, yeah. the comedy. The black humor in this film also raises it. Yes. Um, above other storytelling, I think, Agreed. and it is absolutely necessary to break the tension and to break the serious kind of heaviness yeah. of the story itself. So when you were saying um, hate begats hate. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just, it's the way it's it's delivered. So Francis McDormand is in the restaurant with Peter Dinklage having dinner. because Love he's Peter Dinklage. Absolutely. Love him. Heartbreaking, wasn't he? Yeah. He, he, he was, he so wanted to be with her. Yeah. And, and she just wasn't interested. Um, her ex-husband comes in with the 19-year-old... Um, New floozy. New, new lady. Floozy. But, I mean, floozy is not very new lady in his life. Okay. Um, 
And he comes over and says, hate the gats, hate. She told me that. And it's just the way Peter Dinklage looks up and goes, she, she, she said that. She used the word begats. Yeah, I know. And he's just like, yes, yes, she did. And then when Frances McDormand goes over, um, you find out, yeah, yeah, she did say that because she yeah. read it on a bookmark. About in a book she was reading about polio oh is that the one with the horses no polo (laughs) so like little moments like that i just think are absolutely they were just so well done like also um when dixon is saying we've had complaints about those billboards they need to be taken down how many complaints have you had two who complained well the lady with the funny eye and fat dennis (laughs) it's like (laughs) yeah there was some really nice well-written well-delivered lines yeah I thought. and even some physical humor as well like when they throw the can of soda at a car oh yeah and she gets up and she walks over to the three cocky kids yeah and i've wanted to do this so often at kids. what knee teenagers no, in well no personals. but like you know when they're being all cocky and then once you confront them they're a bit more like <laughs> oh i don't know but you know when she goes oh did you see who did it and he even though it was who's like no and she just kicks him square in the nuts and, it's like, and then she does it to the girl just to match up did you see no <laughs> i'm sure you wouldn't be getting oh. away with that on high school property that principle would have been out but, there but again it's that forgiveness thing isn't it when people are grieving all of a sudden or if people are angry you mm. start forgiving things that are unacceptable yeah. it's it's similar to events that are apparently happened in Iraq and things like that mm-hmm. you know well we're at war things happen no no it's unacceptable yeah. you know if you start doing that and I've never been to war so I'm sure you know people will be upset and say well what the hell do you know and I agree I don't know anything I've not been in that situation yeah but as a society if you start to accept the unacceptable because it's a hard time I think you fall apart a little bit and you need to try and not be you don't have to necessarily go crazy at them but you you can't forgive mm. you know when people are oh, these snowflakes they don't want they want to attack this person well no i know but as a society you have certain rules and those rules if you're going to maintain that type of society yeah i get it, what you, i get where I, you're I'm coming not from making a good argument well no so no start. i get where you're coming from i feel like you know it's kind of like the death penalty isn't it yeah it's like you know the law is that you don't kill somebody yeah um, but the punishment is in certain certain states we're going to kill you. I don't understand that that mentality. Yeah, it's like that's yeah. It, it's a strange one because you've got the other argument of well, kidnaps illegal, but what do you do? You have to use prisons. You can't leave people out and about. Mm. You know, so we're, we're not. I uh, tell you what, Brian, we're not here to solve the no, crime. We're not going to uh, solve it problem now of... in the next however many minutes. <laughs> but you know, I, this has caused a lot of deep argument. With me. The banshees did the same. This guy's very very good. Very very good. Um, actually, Calvary did the same as well. Yeah, the guard. Brilliant. Yeah, all great. Like, films. I think we're fans. I think it's fair to say we're fans. I think it is. I think it's very fair to say, very. But yeah, um, I yeah, I think Martin McDonough is a phenomenal, phenomenal director. I think that deserves a nod of his head as well. I mean, the directing of this film is stunning. From the opening scene that you mentioned. Yes. And so I was also going to say, um, when when the billboards have been put up, because yeah. they're so striking, red yeah. with just black yeah, font, yeah. when she's driving towards them, it it almost looks they're on, like they're on fire at that point. Yeah. And they are actually causing a fire within the town, aren't they? 100%. So it's that kind of like metaphorical, like they look like they're on fire, but they're causing this firestorm. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. And the, the moment of her... She, they, they become like a shrine yeah. because she goes out there to plant um, lovely flowers in the yeah. pots that are underneath them. And the moment that she goes out there and the deer just kind of walks into yeah. 
walks into her view and she just sort of stops and speaks to it and yeah, it's that almost was like, stunning. Like there were some stunning visuals in this film as well. That's absolutely what I'm trying beautiful. To say. Even though I have to say the deer now, it shows you how good CGI is now. Because mm. I looked at the deer and thought, oh, that was never there. And yet, no, but it's just because it's so good now. I don't believe you can tell. But then at the time, I would have said, wow. I'd love to find out that that deer was really there. Well, there's <laughs> some shots that were clearly of a deer, but no, it wasn't there when she was talking. But these billboards became, like for her, almost the sort of gravestone. Yeah. It was somewhere where she could go. She yeah. had an active point for her grief. Yeah. And she, she was showing the world, I am grieving. She could see them from the house as yeah. well. Yeah. And and when, when she was um, driving her son along and he was, you know, basically saying, look, I'm trying. I didn't read the police report you gave me. I don't want to yeah, know yeah, yeah. exactly what happened to my sister. And now I have to drive past these billboards yeah. and I can never get away from it. And yeah. I, I suppose that's what grief is, isn't it? Like, he he wants to get away from it. She can't get away from it. She 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 can't sort of step outside it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about the deer. Oh yeah. Made me think of Stand by Me. Do you remember Gordy? Gordy sitting on the train tracks. The deer came along. He had a little moment. Yeah, I think so. Oh my kind god! Of. Don't remember. Well, Gordy deer. Okay. Sorry, I had a very similar experience myself when I was a kid, and we decided to walk the train tracks to uh, Swatham. <laughs> right. Okay. Lots yeah. of deer around Swatham. Oh, loads. <laughs> No, I think they were homeless people. You they were call probably them on um, Queen's land. Queen's, no, more than likely, <laughs> being of royal lineage. It's quite possible. You could, um, could have been shot. Sinead, I could go on all day about this film and the depths to it, but I think people might get very dull, very bored with that. So should we go on to giving it our scores? I think we should. I think we should. For Oh, hang on. I chose this film, I so know, you need I to give me your score first. You, you nearly... You nearly tricked me. Into I was a little Tinkerbell. There's a visual image nobody wants. So I'm going to give this film. I think this is a brilliant film. I, I think it's beautifully acted, beautifully told. I mean, I've been through it all a hundred times. Um, for me, there's only one thing. Well, there were two things that kind of let it down for me, which were the acting of Woody Harrelson's wife in it. And... I struggled with the ending. I would have preferred to know that... I don't know. It felt a little bit like, well, we're just going to go out and shoot... Again, it was. I know it was a reflection of the power of words. I don't know. It just... It was too open for you? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. What about the ending of No Country for Old Men? That was open. You didn't have a problem with that? Wow. So, a little bit angry. Well, I think you're wrong again. No, I'm not saying it was a bad ending. I like the ending. I just don't know. It didn't leave me feeling whole. Oh. I know. You weren't I like know. an atomic kitten. Yeah, you can make me whole again. Okay, well. No, they're not in the studio. Before you uh, go down a strange... <laughs> Stop. Sorry. Okay, so I'm going to give the film four VHS cassettes. Four? VHS cassettes. Yeah, I was nearly going to give it four and a half, but there's just something that sat in me that thought, no, four is four is good. Okay, I'll accept that. I, for the incredible script, yep, for the brilliant performances, yep, for the emotions that this film stirred in me, because I really, I mean, I was crying, yeah, and I felt, and I do now. You can hear it, like my voice just kind of went a bit there. Um, for the emotions that this film made me feel. Oh, totally, yeah. 
It's a five VH, VHS tape film. Sinead, you've got to get over this five thing. It's, You've become a Bruno Tognoli. Fine. <laughs> what the hell? It's a five. It's a five. There is nothing about this film that I think can be improved. So it, every film you're going to choose is going to be a five VHS tapes for you, is it? Hmm? Can hmm? you not just let me have my opinion? Yeah, okay. You've got to control everything. I do. I, I just, I think there was nothing that I would have changed um, it absolutely connected with me. I think it was a brilliant um, portrayal of grief and yeah. love and hate. Um, and ultimately, even though, you know, on the surface level, there was lots of terribly bleak things happening and people were awful. Yeah. I am the sort of person that takes a lot of positivity from that because I believe that we can be better. No, I think that's fair. Give it your five years. I mean, personally, I wouldn't change a thing in it. I genuinely wouldn't change anything in it, but I still won't give it a five. But you're only going four. No, fine. but... That's fine. You're keeping your fives back for your, you know, yeah. your sausage parties and your and, exactly. your and your kickboxer things. It's fine. At least you said kickbox. Well, I... That's still not right. It's blood sport, but oh, damn it. we're getting close. I really thought I'd got it At right that time. At least you got a film with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Exactly. More importantly... Yep. Reasons to dump you. So let's find out what they are. So I think, in all honesty, I've got four. Is that what you dwindled down from the 42 you've Well, written? I'm thinking those two. I'm just glancing what I've written here, and I'm thinking those two are technically the same. Okay, oh, go No, on. actually, they're not, no. First of all, yep. you just keep getting actors' names wrong, and it really annoying it's not that hard to remember someone's name and you get all befuddled that's not my fault i mean it, it's not mine is it <laughs> i'm 47 oh no, it's all starting it's to get hard. a bit fuzzy up there you wait till you get near my age it all starts <laughs> dropping out the head get better on your actors names that's all i'm okay, saying I'll, I'll try my best um you didn't like the performance of mrs willoughby didn't still don't. and i think you're being unfair i think sometimes when you get a different accent in an American film, it can be quite jarring. Nothing to do with the accent, to do with the performance. I'm going to patronisingly say that really was probably what threw you off. Okay. You're <laughs> so... to be patronising if you want. So that's reason two. I won't... I won't... Your hatred won't begat more hatred. Oh, very nice, Brian. Yeah. Um, number three, um, you don't remember Gordy's Deer from Stand By Me. No, I mean, I And you know that's one of my most favourite films. I know it is. <laughs> I'm aware. But like I said, I've had similar experiences. Oh, please. And okay. finally, yeah. you weren't that keen on the ending. And I actually don't see how else you could have concluded this film. I think it left you believing that there hadn't been some huge, huge redemption. Yeah. But also hope was on the horizon and better things were to come. Couldn't couldn't have concluded better for me. So you're wrong on that. I Four th reasons to dump you. Ta-ra. See you later. <laughs> Well, head, head off down the high street. I think, to be fair to you, when you've mentioned it like this, I actually think it's probably, again, a comment on grief, which is because the person that he thought he'd got wasn't the person responsible for death. Yeah. And this is obviously about grief when life is taken from you, not when someone just dies. Exactly. Um, which I don't comprehend, thank God. Yeah, well, but like, they, you can't blame everyone. Yeah. Do you and know it, what I mean? Don't go out there. Try, they're just going out there to find someone to blame. And also, isn't and it, doesn't don't. it come back to what you said earlier about people needing a purpose? Yeah. So if you convince yourself, well, that's my purpose, yeah. you can then And also, yeah, needing off. that person to blame. And sometimes you yeah. will never find that. And that's a horrible thought. Yeah. But you need to focus on your loved ones yeah. and the people who are around you. And blah, blah, blah. But that is also a good, a good point to make here. Francis McDormand is not going through 
you know regular grief uh, uh, yeah uh, mm. yeah a, a grief of of it's the most she's been stu- you know something's been stolen it's been it's been yeah. it's the most violent yeah. i mean that's yeah it's inconceivable yeah. it's inconceivable it's yeah, inconceivable totally. totally and i've also never had a child so i cannot no. conceive of that i just yeah it's horrendous totally. absolutely stunning film brilliant film bravo to all involved thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> not sure how you were involved apart from well, sitting drinking tea and then yeah. chatting to me Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you. I look forward to seeing what you bring next week. Yes. Oh, hang on. You're dumped. So. Yeah, exactly. So whatever the new partner brings. (laughs) Yeah, whatever my new beau brings along. I hope it's good. Keanu's on speed dial. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you enjoy, please do rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can follow us on Instagram at reasons underscore pod. Yes. And um, again, it's not my usual ending, but don't forget, if you're going through anything like grief or any issues with your mental health, please reach out to someone and um, have a chat with them and try and get yourself a bit of help. There's no shame in it. We've all had it. So just uh, try and not suffer alone. Agreed. Thank you, Brian. Cool. All right. We'll see you next time, Sinead. Ciao. Bye bye.